Welcome to The Breakdown, brought to you by Paintball Access World Cup Special. I'm Maddie Marshall. This is Todd Martinez and Brandon Short from the Los Angeles Ironman. And, man, we are incredibly excited. This is show number two here, heading into the PSP 2012 World Cup. And there's a reason why we're excited. It's the biggest event of the year in the paintball world. There's going to be over 300 teams at this event. There's going to be a ton of new products launched by the sponsors and, uh, and the vendors that are going to be at the event. Can't wait to see those new products come out. And the competition at the World Cup is always amazing because these teams have had all year long to prepare, to get ready, to train. They've had the entire year's competition to fine-tune their teams and throw down, man. I mean, that, that's what it's all about, you know. You know, you bring your best guys to the World Cup and see, you know, how good did you get in that year in 2012. Now, Brandon, before we start breaking down the year, before we start breaking down these teams, I just, you know, you've been involved in a lot of really big World Cup games. You've had a long career. What's your favorite World Cup moment, your best experience at the World Cup? Well, guys, thanks for having me on tonight. No problem, man. I appreciate it. Good to have you here. Um, yeah, man, it's World Cup. It's time to shine. And um, as far as my favorite memory goes, um, it's probably my first World Cup that we ever won. Uh, not necessarily the fact that we did win, but it was the night before. So back, back in the day, 2007, we played our prelims, our semis, and then on Sunday... It was on all, the Ironman at the time. On the Ironman at the mm -hmm. time. On, then on Sunday, it was just finals. So the Saturday night before, I had to sleep on the fact that we were going to play for first place. And at paintball events, that's not really common. So to go home and have it on my brain like that and just, just eating away at me, it was one of the craziest moments in my paintball career. What so, was going through your mind at that time? I mean, for people at home that haven't been in that, that moment, that, yeah. okay, especially in that situation, because, you know, how the game is played now, you know, we play through the quarterfinals, the semifinals, there are six teams in Sunday's competition, and you throw down the entire day, and so it's kind of like, it's just all in your face. I mean, it's crazy, yeah. you know, so you don't really have time to necessarily men mentally prepare. It's just thrust upon you, but you actually got to sleep on that. Yeah, exactly. So it was a buildup, not of just the tournament, but of all year long. You know, not even all year long, but my whole paintball career. So basically that Saturday night, we went out to dinner, probably something terrible like Olive Garden, you know, the standard, <laughs> standard tournament meal. Olive uh, Garden. Yeah, you're all about Olive Garden. <laughs> sorry, 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 Olive Garden. But um, yeah, so I went out, we did our thing. I decided to go to bed early instead of, you know, hanging out with the guys because I wanted to focus or whatever, which is probably the worst mistake I made because I rolled around in bed for probably a good eight hours slept for about two minutes and got back up. And uh, yeah, just that night before, that feeling was pretty incredible. You know, I really felt like I was gonna do something special that next day and I really got to soak it in and just have that full experience of the World Cup. Was that the year that you dislocated your shoulder, put it back in and yeah, made those one-handed shots? It was, and it was also the year that we had to play these long X-ball games and it was best two out of three. So Yeah, and, and for people at home that, that weren't there, obviously to see that if, if you're new in your paintball, fan uh, or new in your career or just in general like Brandon had you had dove into a spot dislocated your shoulder I remember calling that game yeah. uh, and you you know I, I remember you had, had winced in pain you put your shoulder back in and then clutching your arm to your chest you one-handed came out and started shooting guys <laughs> and it, it was it was a legendary performance yeah Maddie makes it sound cooler than it was but that's what I, that's what I yeah, saw yeah. at least I don't know you it, talk, talk I me remember it. seeing that yeah, well, right? basically yeah. what happened was it was the third game of the finals we 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 lost to the Russians the first round, beat them the second, and it was the very first point of the third. 
I dove into the snake, or dove into the bunker before the snake. Never before have I done it, but my arm pops out of the socket completely. And for you guys at home that don't know that feeling, it's like your arm has been, you know, decapitated. It's not there anymore. It was the weirdest feeling I've ever experienced. And um, my first thing was that I thought was, oh man, there goes my paintball career, there goes my World Cup. So this is actually going through your head while you're in the bunker. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I dragged myself to the bunker, sat there in agony, and then enough time passed where it was like, all right, I can sit here in pain or I can try to do something. So I got my gun up and what happened was is they all forgot I was even in that spot, (laughs) which left two bodies out for me to shoot easily, which looked pretty cool. You know, I didn't feel too cool about it, but I (laughs) shot two guys and it kind of worked out. And what happened was, is when I stood up, my arm went right back into place and I was good to go the rest of the tournament. But and you guys went on to win that event, right? We did. We, we went on to win, which was definitely probably my second greatest moment at World Cup is obviously winning. But just taking it all in the night before was pretty special. Yeah. That's, that's crazy, man. A lot of people have, you know, different memories. We talked with Ryan Greenspan a little bit about, you know, what his favorite memories were. And he, he talked about, uh, you know, winning that first World Cup with Dynasty. That but, seems to be you know, everyone's favorite memory. Yeah, yeah. You know, we didn't get to ask you, Maddie, about your favorite World Cup well, memory. Well, it's, it's you know? kind of weird because that also is my favorite World Cup memory. I, you know, I, I first started uh, way back in, uh, I know I'm going to date myself right now, but my first <laughs> World Cup was in 1994, and I was playing with Navarone, and, uh, and they were a legendary pro team from, like, back in the Woods Ball days. And I was, uh, you know, 16 years old. It was actually my first big event. Um, and so, but that, that wasn't actually my, my favorite memory. My favorite memory is when we played with the Ironman and uh, it was 2000 and we were the first team to ever win the World Cup and the series at the same time because that's how it worked back in the day and Oliver was on the team that year. He'd just come on. So that was a, a pretty amazing experience for me. I actually remember that. You know, you guys won the tournament on that hyperball field with the big yeah, wall in the middle. Yeah. And you guys played Aftershock, and Aftershock is, you know, legendary World Cup championship team. Yeah, and Aftershock was pounding people that whole event. Ironmen were pounding people that whole event, and it was like the Battle of the Titans right there. On and, we, this and we beat the field. Out of them I mean, too. it was like the field was a big, giant hyperball wall right down the middle of it, you know, and it was like, who's going to get in there? It was just like set up for a big, giant, you know, collision course right in the middle of it. And I remember seeing uh, Marty Bush and Benini. Uh, Shane, you know, just uh, you, Billy. Well, that Wayne, was the last year that the, you know, those, like, you know, the, those back in the uh, old school days, the legends, you know, those guys that really helped make the Ironman what they are today uh, in the very beginning. So that was that was, and you know, that was the last tournament a lot of those guys played, and uh, and so yeah, it was that was that was a big win, man. That yeah. was, that was a really good memory, and I actually I remember, um, you know, I, when I started playing paintball, I always wanted to have that moment where you know we beat the brakes off a really good team. And, uh, and I, you know, we jump around and celebrate knowing that you'd won on the field and, and at that exact moment. And so that was, that was pretty cool. And I remember actually, I threw my gun and I went up to like hug everybody and I actually got pulled. A ref comes up and he's like, you're eliminated. And I'm like, get out of here. I push, literally like pushed him out of the way. I'm like, I don't even care. Cause we had already won. I didn't <laughs> care if I died. So, um, so yeah, it was, you know, again, world cup, man, it's, it really is the pinnacle of paintball. It is the Super Bowl. So, I mean, we're not just hyping it up just to hype it up. It, it, it's the best tournament of the year. So we're very much looking forward to this event coming up here real shortly and so many good storylines this year with all the good all the good teams um, you know we had the first show we went down through the through seven teams we're gonna break seven teams down today but before we get into breaking these teams down I want to pick your brain a little bit Brandon on uh, on the year so far and your thoughts on it you know so uh, Galveston you actually thank God you missed this event because it was so crazy as far as the almost the hurricane that came through and 
tore the fields down and yeah, I got know, pretty lucky on that one. Yeah, you, know? <laughs> you got to miss one of the, one of the craziest <laughs> as much fun. five inches of rain. So, but then you, you we come into Phoenix and uh, what, what were your thoughts on Phoenix? I mean, you guys ended up taking third at that event. Well, for us personally, we're this year we're working really hard and every tournament we enter, we feel like we have a really good shot at winning. But this year, more than any year, it's like every team is super competitive and you never know who's going to walk away with a victory, you know? So it's like you go into these events knowing that, yeah, we worked this hard, but, man, there's eight other teams out there for sure that work just as hard as you, and you better go into these, each single event ready to battle. Yeah, yeah. so, so for uh, Phoenix, you guys took third, and then right. you, know, you guys have done a real good job of making Sunday every event. And that's kind of been the story of the Ironman is that you guys, you know, you, you've been on the team since 2004, you know, so you're, you're heading up on this is your eighth, ninth season. You know, you're one of the veterans on the team. Actually, you've been on the team the longest of any member of the team right now. Yeah. Mike Paxson, a lot of times people are like, because he's a little older than you, mm -hmm. they think he's the, the longest veteran on the Ironman, but that's not true. It's actually you. Yep. And so you've seen it, all of it progress as thing. You know, you guys have won two world titles in a row back to mm -hmm. 2007, 2008. It's a roller coaster. Yeah, <laughs> and now you're kind of in that rebuilding stage, but yep. you have a lot of young talent on that team that's played amazing in the prelims, and then you guys get to Sunday, and you, know, you guys took fourth, third, fourth, um, and then you guys actually got knocked out, and you didn't make it to the top four, but you still made Sunday at MAO. So, I mean, just what are your kind of thoughts on the team right now and the year? And, and, and I don't, we don't want to go too into depth because mm -hmm. the, the Ironmen, are, the LA Ironmen are going to be one of the teams that we profile here on the breakdown. But, you know, just real quick, you know, what did, what did uh, you know, Phoenix, you, you missed Galveston. So heading into Phoenix, where was your mind at? What, were you, what was going through your mind? Well, for me personally, uh, I wanted to go into Phoenix to prove something to myself and to everybody else, you know. Since I missed that first event, I wanted to come in really hot. Um, I personally don't think I put my best in Phoenix, but I really wanted to just, you know, help the team out and get us to that next level. And um, at the same time, I'm kind of like a leader now on the team. Mm -hmm. So I also, it was my first event with some of the newer guys. So I was really trying to like feel everything out and kind of, you know, shape the team and see what the rest of the year was going to play out as be. So I, I don't know, it was up in the air. It was one I wanted to prove a lot for myself, but at the same time I was like, maybe I should take a step back and kind of help, you know, help the bigger picture here. So yeah. I was kind of all over the place that first event. Yeah, so then, you know, heading into Chicago and MAO, um, what, are your, what were your thoughts on the emergence of, of Houston Heat? You know, Houston Heat was uh, a team that we profiled a, as you guys watched in, in the first show that we had. Um, but I just would like your thoughts on this, being that you've been in the game for so long. Mm -hmm. We've seen these teams that have come in, put a superstar roster together, and, uh, and taken a little bit of, while, a little bit of time to, to kind of get their feet underneath them. But Heat came in, and they, they started stunting right away. Yeah, you know, I definitely thought that uh, – Heat was going to kind of follow those footsteps as a team with full superstars and that, yeah, they might win, but it's going to take a long time to win. But, you know, they, they surprised us all, and they've taken two victories, and they look good, and they, they play well together. So they kind of defied the odds and beat that superstar mentality and came together. So they're a scary team on paper, and they're a scary team on the field. You know, you, you don't know where you're going to get out of them, but, you know, half, more than half the time they're, they're putting W's on the board. So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, then, head, so Chicago, infamous, was another team that had, they were that all-star team, 2011, 2010, yep. especially in 2011, and then they ended up winning Chicago, 
and you are friends with obviously a lot of those guys. Yeah, for sure. What what was that win? What happened? What were you thinking? Infamous taking the victory in Chicago. Well, you know, I mean, Infamous definitely has been on the rise. I mean, since Chicago, they've been way up there. Um, going into that event, you you didn't necessarily think that Infamous was going to be the team to beat, but they proved everybody wrong, and we ran into them twice, and they unfortunately beat us, and they were they were in our way, but. They're a good team, man, and just like half these teams, on paper, it's like they should be winning every time, but for whatever reason, Infamous has it clicking right now. They're clicking, they're on, you know, full speed ahead, and it's dangerous, you know, it's really dangerous, but the one thing that I do know is being, you know, full force going into World Cup, it's usually scary because there's always that creeper team, you know, it's like, maybe, you know, they've been going so hard, maybe their gas is out, maybe it's not, so I don't know. What's yeah. funny about that is, like, that's I kind of um, thought that way about Houston Heat, you know, because I was like, well, I mean, I give them all the credit in the world for everything that they've done, all the hard work that they've put in. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's like you look at them and, you know, it's, a, it's still a new team, you mm -hmm. know. Um, it's still a bunch of guys that, that, you know, that they just put together, you know, put together a superstar roster. Mm -hmm. You wonder if... Um, you know, because they've been doing so well all year, they haven't faltered yet. You know, like, yeah, yeah. like what are what are the chances? I mean, it's, I'm not saying that I hope that happens, or I wonder if that's going to oh, happen. Oh, come on now, you're the Just, coach of Infamous. I'm sure you want that to happen. <laughs> of course, so I do you, Brandon. I'm sure you want <laughs> yeah, well, that to happen too. I mean, They're number one team right now. Once Heat won Phoenix, so you guys are hoping they take 12th at the event. You, just, you just look at the odds. You know, yeah. Yeah. once yeah. they won Phoenix, I was like, all right, whatever. They did their one and they're out. Yeah, and here they go. They won. They won. You know, the MAO. So it's like, man, what are they all about? Like, this year is kind of crazy, man. You just yeah. never know. But I look at our team the same way, too, mm -hmm. you know? Like, all the hard work that we put in, you know, and when you have success, you know, it's just like from Chicago to MAO, you know? You, it, we're, it, and Brandon can attest to this. It, it is twice as hard to stay at the top oh, it's the than it is to get at the top. Absolutely. You know? And mm -hmm. for us going into a World Cup, it's like, okay, you know, it's almost good. And I said this in uh, the post-game interview after the finals of MAO. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's twice as hard to get there, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's almost not good, but it's okay, you know, that we took second because we still placed really well. Mm -hmm. Probably but, <laughs> yeah. you know, if we had won both of those tournaments, mm -hmm. then the expectations for World Cup are you have to win or there's nothing else. And yeah. now we have something a little bit more drive, a little bit more motivation, yeah. you know, to, to place there. And you wonder with Houston Heat, because they've done so well, just on the odds alone, what are the chances that they're going to be able to maintain uh, the, the awesome momentum that they've had all year? Well, yeah. You know? If we look back at last year, Tampa won the last two events mm -hmm. and the first one. So it's kind of scary odds for us. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's tough. Well, actually, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, and tough. then Tampa fell off. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, they haven't had uh, the year that they wanted to have. I mean, obviously, you know, they wanted to be smashing everybody, and they did smash everybody in Galveston. And, and then since then, they haven't really performed as well as they've wanted mm -hmm. to. But, yeah, <laughs> heading into World Cup, that's what makes this tournament very interesting. And I think there's, there's just so many storylines. The way I look at it, there's probably, I'd say, six to seven teams that actually have a legit chance of winning this event. So uh, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back after these messages, and we're going to break down seven teams for you guys here and their chances and their prelim brackets heading into World Cup. Also, we also have Marcelo Margot, the number one ranked player in the entire world right now from Moscow Red Legion. He's going to be joining us in the second half of the show. See you in a second. <laughs> The Ultimate Paintball Competition and Trade Show is almost upon us, so get ready for the biggest, best, and most exciting tournament of the paintball season. 
the 2012 PSP World Cup at the Fantasy of Flight outside Orlando, Florida, October 24th through the 28th. Over 300 teams from the far reaches of the globe will be competing in 12 different levels of competition from Pro to Division 5, all fighting for the coveted World Cup title. Teams have had all year long to get ready for the pinnacle of paintball, and the action will be fast and fierce. The industry's best and the brightest companies will also be there, displaying all the fresh 2013 gear and products at the one and only World Cup trade show. Interactive booths, pro signings, and new products will be everywhere. With the new PSP Affiliates Initiative, all the teams who have grinded their way up the world rankings will be able to face each other in the flesh to decide who will reign at the top for 2012. After an eight-year hiatus, the PSP is bringing back the legendary 10-man division. The best pump players will also be able to display their skills in the highly competitive pump division, and Woods Ball makes its comeback as well, as the Ultimate Woods Ball League will be bringing its unique format to the World Cup for the first time. All the World Cup action will be broadcast live and free on paintballaccess.com. A paintball player's life is not complete without a trip to the World Cup, as it has literally everything that you could hope for at a paintball tournament. So sign your team up now and get into the fight. It's an unforgettable experience you do not want to miss. All right, we are back here on The Breakdown, brought to you by paintballaccess.com. I'm Matty Marshall, Todd Martinez, and Brandon Short from the Los Angeles Imer. About to break down seven teams heading into World Cup and talk about their storylines, talk about their performances so far this year, their top players, and their prelim brackets here for World Cup and their chances of moving on to Sunday's competition. And that's what it's all about. It's all about playing on Sunday, trying to play for that win. But you can't do it until you fight through that prelim bracket. Now, first up, Chattanooga CP, the last-ranked team in the league. They've really struggled this year. They've only won one game so far. It was against Chicago Aftershock. And, you know, they took 10th in the first event, 12th, 12th, and 12th. And, you know, a lot of people don't know. They lost their owner that they've had, longtime owner. Uh, so they also lost their captain. Robbie Goldsmith took over this year. They haven't really had the funding that a lot of the other teams had. They've had a really rough year. They're trying to turn around for 2013, though, but they still got to get through World Cup. Guys, what do you think the strengths and the weaknesses of Chattanooga CEP are? Well, I mean, we, we've, we've talked about Chattanooga CEP a lot, Matty, you mm -hmm. know, on the, on the webcast. And, you know, we always believe that they have some strengths that they should be able to go to. You know, when we first saw them come into the league, you know, they would always shoot people on the break, mm -hmm. you know, which is huge because anybody that plays, you know, competition paintball realizes that a game can be won or lost mm -hmm. on the break. So, you know, we used to see them do that a lot, and, you know, that's, what, that's how they would be in games because I felt like last year they were in a lot of games, but this year, you know, they've just been bombarded with penalties over and over and over again. And in the beginning of, of the year, at least. In they, the beginning of the year. They fought against that a little bit yeah, since then. Yeah, a little, bit, little mm -hmm. bit the last couple of events have been better, but – I mean, really just, I mean, getting into spots, being aggressive has never been something that hasn't been there for them, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. they, were, they were always pretty good at shooting on the break, and they were fearless, you know? And, and that's what you want out of a new team. And they were always able to get up, be aggressive, and get into spots. Their weaknesses were once they got into those spots, they really weren't be able to do anything about it. You mm -hmm. know, they get into those spots, get shot out, lose silly gun battles, not communicate, not work as a team. And those are really the things on the pro level that are just going to cost you every single time. Yeah. And, you know, Brandon, you've played against CEP this year. What yeah, are your thoughts you know, on the team? unfortunately, CEP, they're a young, talented team. And, they're, you know, they're, they have the potential, but they're running in quicksand at this point. You know, it's, it's, it's the last tournament of the year. They've had games. They've lost games. They've got penalties, whatever. It's just to the point now it's like, how many times can you go home, you know, knocked out on Saturday and then you say, you know, what else can we do? You know, how many times can we practice this, do this, not cheat, not do that? You know, unfortunately for them right now, 
I don't see them, you know, doing that well at World Cup. Uh, they're just too inexperienced, and, you know, I, I have faith in them, but just not this year. Maybe they need a player to come in there, like an experienced player, to really take over and, you know, grab them by the shoulders and be like, all right, let's do this, let's do that. But for right now, quicksand. Well, they, they just picked up Oswaldo, who used to play with you guys, and he's been, he played for the Snake for them at MAO, and he definitely did pretty well. You know, I thought that Oswaldo was, I mean, he was alive in the Snake a lot of times, last guy left alive. And if you look at their top five players, actually Oswaldo, he's number three number on three, that yeah. team. Go to paintballaccess.com, check out the whole statistics um, that we've been compiling this year. It's some fascinating information, some fascinating details, and really a little bit more of a, a spotlight put on, you know, different metrics of, of uh, you know, of, of the actual gameplay that's happening out there. It really gives you that, you know, instead of it just being objective, where it's like, oh, who's the best player? It's a lot more of a subjective measurement. So, you know, and Oswaldo, he comes in. And so the top five players for CEP on our stat boards is Mike Zupa, Peter Velarde. He's actually a new pickup. He came in in Chicago. So he's been one of those fast guys that's made an impact for CEP and a player that they can build on for the future. And then Oswaldo Britonetto, Lopes. <laughs> OVBNL. He's got more names than anyone Papa. in the league. <laughs> yeah, Papa, you know, and uh, one of the best players to come out of Brazil. And so, you know, I think that that's a player that they might be able, if he continues to play with them, you know, he's in the Die family and, you know, shares sponsors with the Ironman as yeah, well because he used huge. to play with you guys. It's huge. You know, it just, it all comes down to experience. Even for, like, just back to my team, just moving on to the top four to the top two, it's experience, you know. These guys need more experience, and that only comes with time. But unfortunately with that time is money, you know, and drama, you know. You can't win. No one's happy. It's hard to get out of that pit, you know. So they got to figure out soon, as soon as possible, a big change to get them to that next level, you know, or else you just never know. Yeah, it's going to be tough. And if you look at their, their, uh, their prelim bracket, it's a rough one. They have Houston Heat, Moscow Red Legion, X Factor, and Aftershock. So that Aftershock is the only team that they've been able to, to take down this year. So that's going to be a very interesting matchup, and that's another that's a must win for Aftershock as well. But you're looking at Heat, looking at Legion. It's it's basically it's going to be a really tough road for CEP. It is entertaining to watch them play though. So you know, because again, like you said, man, they're real hungry and they are trying to look forward to 2000 or, uh, 2013. So let's move on to our next uh, next team that we're going to break down: Seattle Thunder. Now, Seattle Thunder, uh, a team coming out of the Pacific Northwest. And it's really good to see a pro team come out of that area of the states again because that has been typically, you know, one of those areas of the United States that we have seen good players come out of. You know, really good, solid pro players have come out of the Pacific Northwest. So, you know, uh, Corey, you know, Corey Field, man, if, if it wasn't for Corey Field, that team would not exist. Um, you know, strangely enough, he's their second uh, best player on that team according to our statistics. Their top five guys, Blake Barham, Corey Field, Jack Crimian. Uh, Brian Strode and Andrew Stoddard. Now, what would you guys say are the strengths and weaknesses? Todd, we'll start out with you. What do you think the strengths and the weaknesses? We'll start with strengths. What do you think the strengths of Seattle Thunder are? I think the strengths for Seattle Thunder are is that they understand who they are. You know, they, 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 they understand who they are as a team. They know uh, what kind of game plans they're going out to go work with, and they try and execute in that manner. They realize that they're not, you know, a speed demon team, that they're going to be running all over the place. They realize that they are a control team, you know, and that's shoot good lanes on the break, communicate really well. And, and honestly, communication to me is the, one of the top two things in paintball. 
for being successful, you know, and those guys do do that well. They talk to each other, you know, and they try and execute their game plans. So mm -hmm. I feel like they do a good job of uh, coordinating what exactly it is that they want to do, you know, and it just comes down to a matter of execution. You know, we watched them in MAO. They played Houston Heat. And it started raining a little bit, kind of slowed the game down, kind of played into their favor. I mean, we played uh, Seattle Thunder, too, and it was a long, drawn-out game. It, it ended up being, I think, like three. We, we won three or four to zero, but every single point was hard fought. And in that Houston Heat game, they were playing against them. They were up in all the 50s. Yeah. You know, they just couldn't execute, you know. And, like, and that's all so, these that, that always happens with the younger teams, though. I mean, you do see that with the experienced teams as well, but that's when – Guys are dropping the ball, but it's just so consistently CEP, 187, Thunder. There's a lot of younger guys on the team. And I think, you know, there's, a, there's a, some really great talent on the team. Nico Perry, he's not on their top five, but, you know, the guy's 16 years old out playing in the pro division. Like, that's, that's rare. Man. Well, I think, that, really I think that. that's the deal for these guys, you know, is that they do have some good guys that are smart, but they're just not getting it done, you know, as far as their weaknesses goes. You know, we've been talking about Nico Perry since day one, and he's not even in the top five of their best players yeah, and statistically. He's the, and he's tried to be the snake. The, they've tried to throw him into that snake one position, and we talk about the one, the twos, and the threes. The one, in case you guys aren't familiar with, you know, the roles, that's basically the front guy. That's the first guy to go. Then the two, you know, like, Brandon, you've moved into the two, and we'll get to that when we get to, you know, your guys' uh, team here after uh, Seattle Thunder. But the two, you know, he's the mid guy, he's the second guy, he's the insert player that's going to be playing off of the dynamic moves that that front player should be trying to break open. And then you have the three, those are the back players. I feel like Seattle needs to cultivate more ones, you know, whether it's bring some new blood on or, you know, continue to, to use the, uh, the, the talent that they have on the team. You know, I think Blake Barham, he's had some awesome points. He's a good one sometimes, you yeah. know. And, and then also Nico Perry, we've seen some flashes of talent out of him, but he just seems to, to get beat mentally a little bit too easily, and you got to have thick lizard skin to play in this league, man. And they definitely, the past couple events, you know, we saw them do pretty well the first couple events. These last couple events, they've gotten some, some tough penalties at some tough times yeah. that have definitely hurt them. So, I think everyone's gotten some yeah. tough penalties. <laughs> coming, yeah. coming into World Cup, we saw <laughs> a lot. Like, yeah. We've seen a lot. Brandon, talk about we'll get to your penalties yeah, in a second. Yeah. NFL replacement wrestler out there. Yeah. yeah. We saw some pretty devastating ones, but – I think for them, you know, that, that definitely really hurt them, you know, in the latter part of the season. So, yeah. you know, coming well, into World Cup, their focus should be stay out of the box, execute, yeah. and attack. Yeah, they have, that, that's one of the weaknesses. They get inappropriate penalties and also inexperience. That's another one of their weaknesses. You know, so they do have some talent, but at the same time, they have to cultivate that talent. And they need to get some good practice against other pro teams, and that's, that's always that mystical you know, that's that unicorn everyone's always trying to go for. You know, it, it's so hard uh, to be able to, you know, fly a team in or go fly to play a team. I mean, some teams are lucky enough to have either the, the bankroll or other local pro teams around them to get that done. But with Thunder, you know, we're looking at their performances. They came into the, the first part of the year, and they played pretty strong. You know, they, they came in, they got sixth at Galveston. They had a real big win against X-Factor that gave them a lot of momentum. Corey Field had an amazing tournament, uh, particularly in that X-Factor game, you know, pulling off three-on-ones, two-on-ones, and really showing the veteran that he is. Um, such great composure on him. But we expect to see that at a, at a field. You know, but it's, it's the other guys on the team um, that, you know, the younger players that they need to cultivate their talent. They need to, to work on that composure because we see them in a lot of good spots, and they just get shot out of those spots sometimes. And the thing about Thunder is, like, I don't have the highest expectations for World Cup for them. But what Thunder is, is they're a thorn in the side for the teams that really are trying to go for that first place spot. 
They're a team that at any point can beat any of the top five teams. Like X-Factor. They were a huge spoiler for X-Factor exactly. They're going to change Galveston. the whole dynamic of the tournament, which is huge, you know? So, you know, Thunder's a growing team, and, which is great, and I really do see potential. And they definitely have the potential to beat a top contender team, which, like I said, will just change the whole face of the tournament. And they could really be a spoiler for, you know, one of these teams that have worked so hard this year. So. Well, let's look at their bracket. They play excessive. They play vicious. They play the Ironmen. They play you guys. And they also play damage. So, you know, when you're looking at Thunder, it's like, okay, well, they knocked X-Factor out of the first event of the year. And X-Factor, I mean, they've... They've really been adamant about trying to up their practice level and, and really make a statement to the paintball world that, hey, we're, we're not going to be a mid-level boss anymore. And Thunder sent them packing at the first event. So, yeah, they could do that to you guys. They could yep. do that to Damage. Um, you know, and then Vicious, they're also real hungry. And then Excessive, the new, new kids on the block, you know, we're going to be breaking down Excessive at the, uh, the tail end of the show. But, you know, what do you guys think about their bracket? I mean, do you think that based on that bracket, they have a decent chance to move on to Sunday's competition? Um, you know, like I said... They're, I don't see them necessarily making Sunday, but at any point, they can beat any one of these teams. We played them, and it, just like Todd said, it's, it's a long, drawn-out match. You know, they're not, it's not going to be a pushover game. You might beat them 4-0, but it's going to go the time, and you're going to have to earn each kill, and it, and it can be frustrating. You know, if some of your younger guys want to go attack, 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 and they get chewed up, and all of a sudden you're down two points, you know, that's the Thunder team, and that's that thorn in the side that they could be a World Cup this year. I think you make a good point in the fact that you don't want to get down early to them, no. you know, because they do know how to play that controlled game. And you don't want to get behind and have to try and fight back, you know, against those guys because, and, and like you said too, you know, you don't want to um, have to try and, you know, get up on them on bodies and mm -hmm. think that you're just going to run down the field and chop up the rest of them. You know, that's where Corey Field, you know, made his living, earned his paycheck that first exactly. event because oh, yeah. guys are coming, you know, and, and they're just chopping them up. And that's why I talk about communication being so important. They do talk really well, and that's mm -hmm. how you play that controlled game. You understand how the game is unfolding, and you talk to your teammates constantly um, as players are trying to move down the field, and you don't get rattled, you know. You're not going to rattle Corey Field. You know, there's no way. It's just not happening. Yeah. You know, he is so poised. And even when he's mad, you know, being in the pits, he doesn't come in and start yelling at everybody. He comes in and goes, stop dying out of your bunkers, guys, yeah. you know. Well, season vet. Yeah. That guy's you been know, around like, for a long time. He's just a big team. Yeah, just, you know, fact of the matter, we're dying early. We're doing the wrong things here. Let's fix it, you know. He's never, he never comes unglued, you know. He always stays poised, you know. And you see that in the other players on the team, too, you know. And that's, that's good leadership. Yeah, so there's Thunder. And, uh, I'm, again, that's one of those teams that I'm interested to see what happens to them in 2013. And, Brandon, like you said, they really could play the spoiler for either Excessive, who coming back to the PSP to play the World Cup, you guys maybe, or Damage. I don't know. It remains to be seen, but don't go anywhere. We're going to be breaking down the Los Angeles Ironman here with Brandon Short, and then we have Marcelo Margot from Moscow Red Legion, the number one ranked player in the entire world, coming in the tail end of the show. Don't go anywhere. The ultimate paintball competition and trade show is almost upon us, so get ready for the biggest, best, and most exciting tournament of the paintball season, 2012 PSP World Cup at the Fantasy of Flight outside Orlando, Florida, October 24th through the 28th. Over 300 teams from the far reaches of the globe will be competing in 12 different levels of competition from Pro to Division 5. 
all fighting for the coveted World Cup title. Teams have had all year long to get ready for the pinnacle of paintball, and the action will be fast and fierce. The industry's best and the brightest companies will also be there, displaying all the fresh 2013 gear and products at the one and only World Cup trade show. Interactive booths, pro signings, and new products will be everywhere. With the new PSP Affiliates initiative, all the teams who have grinded their way up the world rankings will be able to face each other in the flesh to decide who will reign at the top for 2012. After an eight-year hiatus, the PSP is bringing back the legendary 10-man division. The best pump players will also be able to display their skills in the highly competitive pump division. And Woods Ball makes its comeback as well, as the Ultimate Woods Ball League will be bringing its unique format to the World Cup for the first time. All the World Cup action will be broadcast live and free on paintballaccess.com. A paintball player's life is not complete without a trip to the World Cup, as it has literally everything that you could hope for at a paintball tournament. So sign your team up now and get into the fight. It's an unforgettable experience you do not want to miss. All right, we are back here on the breakdown. We got Brandon Short, Todd Martinez. I'm Matty Marshall. We're breaking down all the matchups for World Cup, which is fastly approaching. Now, Brandon, Los Angeles Ironman, man, 2012. Uh, how do you feel about the year so far and you know, heading into World Cup? Just you know, give me your initial thoughts. You know, going into this year, Matty, I thought that it was going to be a really, really tough year, which it has been a tough year, granted, but... The team has surprised me by leaps and bounds. I feel like we, me too, honestly. I feel I like no, we brought in a few no kids joke. who I would have been like, "Why did we bring these kids on?" And they are really pulling weight. And you know, it's it's good. It's good to be back in the hunt. You know, that's all you really want as a competitor is to be in that top four and the top eight. You know, nobody wants to go home early, so it, it's a really good fresh breath there to have a whole new crew mm -hmm. attacking for that first place spot. You know, we're and I feel like we're almost there, so it feels good. Now, how do you feel about the fact that – I got a couple questions for you, actually. One is that you have now matured enough in the sport, in your career, and on the team that you are a leader on the Ironman, on that squad. So, you know, you started out as a boot rookie, uh, a kid, essentially, that came onto the team and then really made a name for yourself playing in the snake, playing that snake one position. So the first question I have for you is how does it feel to now be a veteran on the team and be a leader? You know, it feels weird. It, you know, getting old is not easy, even though I'm not old. But in this sport of paintball, I'm pretty old. Um, to see the sport change and to see kids my age when I first started playing pro, mm -hmm. it's kind of like a, I don't know, it's just, it's weird because it's like, man, I felt like I was just there. And now I'm Billy Wing. It, it just happened overnight, you know? Yeah, it does happen overnight. It's pretty weird. So, but then the next question I have for you, which I, is that you've, Again, you got family. We've had, we had this discussion back in the day, maybe three years ago, when you're like, look, I, I feel I'm more versatile. I feel like I can play the Dorito side or I can play other positions on the field. And I was like, look, Brandon, that'd be like the best shortstop in all of baseball or the best wide receiver in all of football coming up to the coach and going, ah, you know what, I'm kind of over playing wide receiver. You know, I, bro, I'd rather just, uh, I don't know, linebacker. I think I want to play linebacker. You know, and so, and now you've moved to the two. Now yeah. you're that mid guy. You no, know, I, I definitely agree with you, Matty. You know, you can't take somebody who is so good at one spot, but it gets to the point where the older guys are starting to fade out, and you bring new guys in. So who are you going to put behind me, mm -hmm. the new kid, or you want to put the more experienced player? You know, it just makes more sense. Mm -hmm. You know, I could be a, a one-type style player, but it doesn't really help benefit the team. It honestly makes more sense for me to move back. And a lot of people are like, don't do that, don't do that. But in the long scheme of things, it makes more sense. And it allows me to 
you know, be more versatile and have more longevity because, you know, you can't keep up that, you know, It is tough on the body. It's it's tough. So it's like it really works out for the better of the team, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, everybody always makes it out like you move back because you're losing skill, you know, but that's definitely not the case, you know, because what about the players that have always played in the back, you know? Those people are so valuable, you know, because they have an understanding that other people don't, you know. They've done that job for that many years, you know. And, you know, as a coach and as a player myself, you know, seeing Brandon not be that first guy in the, in the snake, that makes me go, okay, cool, I don't have to worry about Brandon running down my throat in the first 10 seconds. But that also makes me realize that, okay, if I shoot his front guy, that I can't go running down the field because Brandon's going to be sitting there waiting, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the thing, though, is that, you guys have definitely had some production out of the snake this year. Mm-hmm. I think that one of the reasons that you haven't been able to excel in the later rounds on Sunday is because you don't have experienced punches, mm-hmm. those ones that there are a lot of depth in that one position. But that being said, I mean, you know, when you guys, when, when you first came out and you were that inexperienced one, that front guy, you guys did win championships on the back of some really stellar play. From you know, I, I can't take away anything from the guys from those championships teams, but you really made your name your name by being a dominant force, really aggressive. And I see like Toe Camel kind of coming up this year, mm-hmm. and but he's kind of been hit or miss in Sunday on, on in the prelims. He's been awesome, you know. And and one, I, I one thing I also wanted to point out too, and it, you know, there's in paintball in general, I feel like the fields change every year, and they have a certain style. I, I feel like there isn't really a you know, ram it down their throat snake this year as much as there, there hasn't was last year. No, there hasn't Me been Me growing one. up, you know, as a younger 17, 18, 19-year-old kid, it was a ladder from, from the 20-yard to their 20-yard. Okay, I can run. I'll get in there, go to their side, and shoot five guys. These fields I felt this year especially have been really methodical. So it, it changes the dynamic, and it changes everyone's outlook. So you got to take that in mind too, you know. So. Absolutely, no, that that is a very good point. Yeah, yeah. But but that probably goes to why it's been it's been a rough year on snake players, man. It really has. The the snake has been a challenge for a lot of guys. Yes. Well, snake hasn't been that missile player, you know, where you just launch him to the front and he goes down eighty feet to the end of the ladder and starts shooting people like Brandon's saying. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot more technical snake this year. Yeah. You know, it's not even if. There's been snakes this year where you get in the 50 and you don't have all the shots that you would expect to have. Chicago. You, know? you get in there all day long and you might kill some guys, you might not. You might just be sitting there with your head down. Yeah. You know, the fields have been very, very tricky this year. Yeah, yeah they have. And, you know, let's look at your bracket. You guys have 187 crew. Uh, you've also got thunder, damage, and impact. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that bracket and your chances to make it out? Because you guys have not missed a Sunday yet. You've made yep. it to Sunday every single event. How do you feel about that bracket? Well, the bracket's good. The bracket's tough. Honestly, on paper, we can lose or win. But really, I feel like it's coming down to the Ironman's mentality this year and our effort to win World Cup. So regardless of the bracket, I feel like we are going to make it into Sunday. And from there, it's going to be you know, a shoot them out draw, see who takes the championship home. I, you know, I'm... I just know where we're at as a team, and I'm pretty confident that we're going to move into Sunday and compete with the best. It's going to be in these next couple of weeks at practice to see where everyone is mentally, physically, and then going to World Cup as prepared as possible. And, you know, we want it. We didn't work this hard this year to come up short. So. Yeah. Well, but, no, you know, every other team is working just as hard. So. Well, this, this year so far, fourth, third, fourth, and fifth. It's, it, uh, yeah, it's it, hard it, to get over that. You guys are bump. constantly, like, just – kind of surfing through that, yep. you know, that the edge of, of the top three. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, and it's really been that lack of experience on Sunday. So what are you guys going to do? What concrete steps are you going to take to try to instill? I know it's you can't really teach experience, but you know I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, well, you know, we it's not like it's a giant mystery. I mean, yeah. people know, everybody knows, the guys on your team. Everybody knows what the Ironman need to make it to the next level. So are you, what are you saying to these younger guys like Toke or Spica or some of these guys that just haven't really been, you know, because your Dorito side is legit. Yeah. Like your Dorito side is legit. Like you got, you know, Justin Swartz over there who's, you know, I mean, if you look at your top five guys, uh, Mike Paxson, Alex Rodriguez, Ryan Martin, Eric Humphreys, and Justin Swartz. Ryan Martin and, and Justin Swartz are Dorito two players. amazing players, and they're Dorito players. It's been a pretty good year for Dorito players so far. There's been some solid layouts that Dorito players have been able to shine. But what are you saying to the guys to try to get them to that next level? Well, Matty, I mean, it's not really what I'm saying. It's what I'm doing as well as the other people on the team. We're going out every weekend pretty much for the last three weeks, and we're playing all the way up to World Cup, and we're just giving 110%. You know, there's only so much you can say. That's true. We've said it all. We've, we, you know, I... Every cliche in the book, it's we're, we're out there, we're grinding, I'm playing as much as I did when I was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. It feels good. We're, we're, we get to see each other all the time because, you know, we, we only get to see each other for a limited amount of time each, each year, each, between each event. So it really helps that we're all together, we're having a good time, com- you know, camaraderie. But we're, it's what we're doing at the practice field here in California what is really what we're, you know, is what. Yeah, no, I, it's, I, I'm, I think you guys have a shot to win the event. You know, it's just that how quick can you mature that young talent? Yeah. And, then, and then also heading into 2013, you know, the future is very bright for the Ironman. And also you guys picked up Mike came in to coach on the snake side. I think that that's probably going to help. He's obviously been uh, a successful coach in the past. So, you know, I, we'll see what happens, though. And, again, that's, that's why we play the tournament. So, Thank you very much for Thank sitting in with us, Thank and, and uh, we're going to head it to the uh, next four teams, so do not go anywhere. We're going to have Marcelo Margot. We're going to say bye to Brandon. We're going to have Marcelo Margot, the number one ranked player in the entire world right now. Do not go anywhere. All right, we are back here on The Breakdown, brought to you by Paintball Access. I'm Matty Marshall. got Todd Martinez, and we are also have Marcelo Margot, the number one ranked player in the entire world right now representing Moscow Red Legion, and we got four more teams to break down here, getting ready for World Cup. So, Marcelo, uh, how do you just, just generally, how are you feeling about World Cup right now? You know, uh, Matty, I'm feeling great. It's World Cup. It's the biggest tournament of the year. It's been a great season. There's been a ton of great competition all year long, and uh, I, I feel great. I feel ready and, and feel prepared. Because you've been training a ton, right? Absolutely. I, I see your Instagram posts. Follow Marcelo on Instagram. Also follow Paintball Access and Todd Martinez, Matty Marshall SD. Now, but... It's been very important to you. You had a really rough 2011 season. You also had a drastic injury. The second time you've blown out your knee, uh, reconstructed it, and you know couldn't even walk for a long time. But you couldn't have had a better year so far. I mean, it's been kind of an amazing story, you know. So uh, you've got to be pretty focused, though, because even though you are the number one ranked player, your team has not done as well as they expect out of themselves. And I'm sure that you've wanted to do. You know, I mean, you, you don't like to take second places. Absolutely. And, you know, back, back to uh, the training with my knee and stuff like that. Fitness is, you know, it's a huge part of my life, always has been. And so the, the knee thing, kind of, if anything, gave me more of a, a point to focus on, you know, my legs and my speed, my agility and all that kind of training for paintball. So 
um, yeah, it was a terrible thing and a horrible thing that happened. And 2011 wasn't exactly the most comfortable year for me. Mm -hmm. But uh, I feel like I've really found, you know, a good state of mind and really figured out what I want to do with, with myself and my body. And it's, it's worked out. All right. So. Well, we're going to get to Moscow Red Legion in just a few moments. But first, let's break down Omaha Vicious. Okay, now Omaha Vicious is a team that's been in the league a couple years now, and they've had mixed results. They did take fourth at the World Cup last year. They knocked the Ironman out of the event. But this year so far, they've taken uh, 11th at the first event in Galveston, and then 5th, 8th, and 8th. So not quite the year that they want to have. They want to continue that, that uphill trajectory and try to get into the you know, top teams in the sport. But... You know, they have some big talent on that team now, I feel. I really feel like some of the pickups they've made recently, I think Shane Colby's a baller. I think uh, Trevor Reeser has also done really well for them. And then the existing core from Vicious, I think that they really have something that they could build on as they move forward in the future. And I think they have a legit chance at World Cup. Yeah, I mean, I think those guys, they've had um, the same core for a really long time. And I really feel like that plays such a big factor in a team's success because the familiarity that you have with the guys that you play with you know, is so, it, it's such a, a, you know, a core fundamental to teamwork, mm -hmm. you know, being able to work together, understanding what your guys are looking for, understanding what they want, mm -hmm. you know, where they want to go, what they want to do. And you see that with Vicious, you know, you see like their little two and three man squads working together on the team. I totally agree with that. Uh, you know, Brian Bortle, Shane Colby, Trevor, you know, mm -hmm. those guys working together. Um, Patrick Wingfield, or not, maybe more uh, like Phil Kank and uh, Zach Sherman on the mm -hmm. Dorito side, mm -hmm. you know, and then you have your big anchors in the center in Sossaman and uh, uh, Hooker, yeah. you know. So I feel like their strengths are the, the fact that they have been together for a long time. Um, they are a, a well-managed team. You know, the Bortle family does a great job of, you know, getting them uh, practices, you know, all the stuff that they need to be a competitive uh, winning team. And, you know, I feel like their only weaknesses are, um, number one, um, their coaching, you know, not having like a solid, consistent, that, that is a glare. That you're right. That's experience. A, that's a glaring hole for them, for sure. Is the coaching, uh, you know? I'm sorry to yeah. interrupt no, no, you, but I, sure. but I just I, I want to second that because that's been one of those things about Vicious is that they know it. They've tried to, you know, they brought, you know, well they had Greg Pauly for a while and that did not end up working out for them, but he did help get them get them to where they are right now. And then, you know, they had Ryan Gray, but Ryan Gray's got his own team. I mean, Texas Storm, they want to play pro. Texas Storm's been doing great, and so it's in the divisional league. Um, but it's, it's just one of those things, man. You, to, to be a top team at this level, I mean, Marcelo, you come from a team with, like, 8,000 coaches, you know. Exactly. So it's I was like, just going to say, coaching, is a, it's a big deal in any sport. Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of people don't actually realize how much coaching takes place, you know, and how much it affects your, your standings and how you do and it. It's a huge, huge deal. And so yeah. coaching, I completely agree with you, Todd. Well, what, you that, what that translates into for them is consistency, you know. And you talk to some of their players, and they'll tell you the same thing. You know, like a guy will go out and have a good game, and then he'll have another good game, and, you know, he'll want to get back in. Mm -hmm. You know, or he'll have a good game, and then he'll get pulled, you know. It's just like it's the little things that matter. And, you know, I think the coaching thing is consistency. But it's also – um, not just the coaching, but it's their, the players' mental attitudes, you know. And those players need to understand when they're doing well what they need to keep doing um, to continue to play well, you know. Because what I felt this year was that they were more mentally prepared for this season than any season that they've had yet. Mm -hmm. But as soon as they had success, that's when they started to pump the brakes a little bit. Or not, yeah. or not pump the brakes, but just let off the gas and let um, – 
let come what may, instead of going out there and taking control of what they should. Get a little comfortable instead of staying hungry. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and let's check out their prelim bracket for World Cup. I mean, they're going to be playing Thunder, excessive. Uh, they got your team, Todd, the, Todd or the team that Todd coaches, infamous. And then they also are playing you guys, Marcel, Moscow Red Legion. That's not an easy bracket to fight not at through. All. No. So what do you guys think their chances are? I mean, it's tough with excessive because, you know, historically excessive has been a, uh, a top team. I played on excessive for a couple years, helped found that team, and, and I know what sort of work ethic that Rich Telford, the captain of excessive, and we're going to get to excessive in a little bit here, I know what he brings to the table. Also, Junior's been a real, Junior Brown has been a, a really big a boost to that team as far as infrastructure is concerned. But they have a lot of talent on that team. So they, they're not going to walk over excessive, even though it's going to be their, their first race two event this year. So, you know, excessive is going to have their own struggles to deal with. But, you know, like we just talked about Thunder with Brandon, you know, Thunders could be a spoiler. They were a spoiler for, uh, for X Factor in the beginning of the season. And then Infamous and Red Legion, those are two of the top teams in the entire league. So it's, gonna not, it's not going to be easy road for Vicious. No, and one thing that you know, I want to point out is that every time they've played the Red Legion, it's been a grudge match. It's been a battle. Every time that Infamous has played them, you know, which are the two you know, higher-ranked teams in their bracket, every time the Infamous has played them, you know, it's been a struggle. You know? and, and it's just like what attitude is Vicious going to come with? How prepared are they going to be? How much time are they going to spend practicing? And, you know, we'll, we'll see how that looks when we show up and we have to play against them. I mean, because, I mean, you've, you've been in those games and I've been in those games and we had some of those games with them last year. And you just don't know what you're going to get from them, but you have to be prepared for it at all times. 100%, Todd. And, you know, Vicious is a team, if they play with confidence and they all believe in each other and they're kicking in on all gears, they're a good team. They, like you said, they give us a great match every single time we play them this year. They've given us a great match. They're one of those teams that shoot people off the break. They're aggressive. They're fast. And if they could keep their mental game in it, you know, they, they could beat some of these teams. Marcel, out. that's a great point. I think that that is honestly one of the, the biggest weaknesses for Vicious is that, you know, Vicious, I almost feel like I have more confidence in Vicious than they do in themselves. You know, and, <laughs> At I mean, times, absolutely. Right? I, that, I really feel like Turn that. I, I see those guys play. I see them play with talent. I see, or I see their talent play with composure, I see them play with aggression. Uh, I see what they can bring when they're at, when they feel confident, or at least it looks like they feel confident. And then I've, you know, obviously, like uh, Eclipse just had a really good, um, you know, Red Sunday was the last film that they did. And in that film, you know, it, it, again, it's, I just feel that they're, they're really nice guys, and you have to play this game with a chip on your shoulder. If you don't play this game with a chip on your shoulder, then it's going to be a struggle for you because you're going like, to – so I've seen some amazing talent over the years. Like Carl Markowski, one of my favorite players I've ever played with, one of the most – we all play with him. Mm -hmm. One of the Absolutely. most talented guys I've ever seen play the game, by far the fastest dude that I've ever seen play the game. But that guy, such a really nice guy, but he was so hard on himself that I don't think he ever got to the level he could have got to because he lacked that innate – confidence in his pure talent his pure ability and when I look at Vicious sometimes I, I think kind of about that about Vicious you know I'm just like oh man if, if they just walked with a little bit more swagger I think they do better absolutely Matty you you have to walk around expecting to win you know you have to know that the hard work and dedication that you've put in is is worthy of a first place trophy and nothing nothing else matters you mm -hmm. know and, and other than you know first place like I said, nothing else matters, and you really have to believe that in yourself and understand that you deserve it. Yeah. Hey, we've talked about this on the webcast plenty of times, Matty. Hard work, mm -hmm. competitiveness, and uh, <laughs> what am I ever going to hear? Commitment. Yep. Right? 
They're obviously committed. They work hard. It's the matter of competitiveness. Yeah. The will and the belief that you can win everything that you play in at all times. Yeah. And they and they did that in the divisionals. That's the whole reason that Vicious is even. You know, because there's no way the like the. The Bortles are paintball patrons. Their son is an amazing paintball player. I think, you know, Brian's definitely stepped up over the years and become an amazing paintball player. But, yeah, as they moved up the ranks, they did walk with that swagger, dominate the competition. And then as they've played the past couple years here in pro, I don't know, I just I wish they had as much faith in, in themselves as I feel like I have in them, you know. And I, I, like you said, I, I know you're familiar with that team a lot too. I just – I. I expect a lot out of them because I see the talent level, especially with the new pickups that they got. There's no reason that that team can't win a tournament one of these days, and, and probably soon. You know, but it's but that's up to them. That it's like we talked about. You know, that's that's between y'all. You know, that that is the effort is that's their deal. So I don't know. I I'm expecting big things out of Vicious. They had a great World Cup last year, so we will see. Now, let's head into Moscow Red Legion. Now, Marcelo, so far this year, you guys took seventh, second. Second and sixth. How do you feel about the year so far here, 2012? I feel, as, a, as it shows, you know, it's not too consistent. We obviously would have liked to have done better. There's a few tournaments that I feel we could have and should have won, but that's what it always comes down to, you know, a few simple mistakes, you know, something that the other team just simply does better, one or two points. Um, I feel like the team has done a great job of, of coming together and believing in each other more than I think even everybody and even ourselves thought maybe it was possible at least mm-hmm. for this season being a season that supposedly the moscow red legion were going to be rebuilding and stuff like that you know I, I feel like everything worked out everything clicked you know everything's been been going really well our practices have been great um we just haven't been able to get over that last that extra hump and and it, again you go back to vicious it, it's the same thing i think it's confidence in each other of walking out there and truly believing in every single player on your team you know knowing that He's going to do the, everything that he can to win this point. And, you know, same goes for myself. So. Well, it's a, such a good story for Moscow Red Legion, though, is that this year was a real big kind of like that crossing the Rubicon moment for, that, for, the, for the franchise. Because Moscow Red Legion has been such a dominant uh, paintball team for so long now. And, uh, but they lost three of their superstars. You know, they, they lost uh, Amishka. They lost Konstantin Fedorov. And... He wasn't as well-known as those other two players, but Sergei Shlishnikov, those three players went over to Houston Heat, and now even though Mishka and, and Konstantin Fedorov are better known than Sergei, Sergei is Houston Heat's best player this year on the stat board. So, And also, Maddie, let's not forget, those are the Russian superstars, yes, but they also lost J-Rab. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he was definitely a star of the team last absolutely. year. Absolutely. Helped them win tons of tournaments. That's a very good point. Um, Matt went Blonsky, to Tampa Bay Damage. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Matt Blonsky, he was, you know, one of those kind of solid silent killers you know one of those so guys that are always though. consistent so always consistent there. absolutely you know losing him within the last few seasons you know a lot, there's been a lot of changes yeah there's yeah. been a lot of changes so in that big change up that you guys had therein lies that interesting story because moscow was basically faced with a choice it's like okay well are we going to be defined by our program and what we have to offer these these other really talented players and what we've built for all these years or is it just those guys and those names that you know, we're the big players on that team. You know, like Dave Baines also played on the team for a while, and he's been, he's been gone for two seasons now, you know. So, so that being said, Moscow, you guys went back and rebuilt, picking up guys like yourself, picking up guys like Jason Wheeler, picking up Axel Godin from France, and, uh, and also other guys that have been on the team for a while ended up stepping up, playing really phenomenal for you guys this year. Kirill's having a good year. 
uh, uh, Alexander Britnikov's Malloy. He's having a good year. When you look at your top five players, it's yourself as in the number one spot and also the number one spot just in general for all the teams. And then also uh, Malloy, Kirill, uh, Jason Wheeler, and then Axel. Those are your top five players. But I think that so even though it's an amazing story that you guys have been able or that Moscow has been able to replenish the ranks with a lot of talent and not just talent but talent that stepped up and performed this year. But the thing is, is like, is there the depth there that in order to win events? I think that's been the big problem because you guys have one line that's killing it and one line that struggles. In no, my in my opinion, Maddie, I completely agree. Um, we've done multiple things. We've we've switched out the lines a little bit throughout the season, you know. But there there has been, you know, somewhat one line that's doing better than the other. Either way, it's a team game. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as getting over that next hump, like I said in the beginning of the season, um, you know, there were all of these doubts and, and this and that, but from the very first practice that I went to, just seeing the organization and seeing how they work and how they run everything, I was like, there's no way we can't win with this talent and these coaches and this, you know, this regimen, you know, there's no, there's no way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really think it's, it's a matter of time, unfortunately. You know, I, I would much rather be sitting here saying, oh, yeah, you know, we did win two events. Yeah, so you're heat winning, like, two in, events. In and position, taking, yeah. Exactly, you know. But we're not. And I think it's made us grow closer to each other, especially after the last event, MAO. Um, just a disappointing loss to Heat for our fourth time this season. Um, first yeah. game Sunday morning, a close, hard-fought match, as they all have been, you mm-hmm. know, and just to give it to them again. And not necessarily give it. I mean, they, they took what was rightfully theirs at that moment. But, but four losses this year to Houston Heat. You know, so <laughs> Moscow, that's the thing, is that those experienced and seasoned vets from Moscow, had they went to Houston Heat. So, I mean, and that's got to come into play, right? You know, I mean, the fact, Absolutely. right? You know, Absolutely. You know, a lot of the guys on my team, they, they look up to those guys. They're brothers. They still play with them overseas. They play with them, you know, in, in the European League. And uh, it, it's people that they've looked up to their whole paintball career, you know, and, and to, to leave them, it's kind of, it's definitely taken a toll, you know. Um, but I do have faith in every single one of the players that we have on our team that I really think after MAO, they were all like, all right, no more brother friend stuff. You know, we need to. This is us. This is our team. You know, yeah. we can do this. Yeah. This is this is what matters now. This circle, and that's been a great thing. Is throughout the season, watching this team just grow together has been really phenomenal. I didn't think that you know I'd have create these friendships and relationships with these guys like I have. You know, they're a bunch of good guys that are on the same page. So Todd, from an outsider's perspective, and you know, you're the coach of Infamous. Looking at Moscow, looking at the Red Legion, what would you say the strengths and the weaknesses of that team are? Well, you know, and again, we've talked about this on the webcast plenty. And, you know, um, you know, I had Marcelo on my team last year, you know. And going into World Cup last year, Marcelo hurts his knee right before World Cup. And, you know, as a coach, that killed me, you know, because mm-hmm. I got easily, you know, one of my best, if not the best player on my team. I lose him right before the biggest tournament of the year. You know, it hurts us. And now... I look at Marcelo over here, and it's cool. And, you know, we talked about this. We ran each other at the airport one time. You know, just talking about uh, the discipline that that team has. You know, it's huge. And I think that not only has it been great um, for Marcelo as a player, you know, um, to be able to, you know, have not be in, you know, the similar groups like he's been in, um, you know, over the past, you know, well, probably his, his whole career, you know, playing on teams like Aftermath, Ironman, um, you know, infamous, infamous, you know, with those, those sort of teams, those mm-hmm. sort of atmospheres, going to a team that is 100% all about business, all about discipline, you know, I think it's been great for him. So um, now that I look at that team, 
you know, I got to worry about Marcelo and I got to worry about Axel. You know, those have been the, the punches. Because we always talk about the punch. It's the punches. Yeah. You know, it's the two most dynamic players on the, on the field. You know, and their first guy in the snake and their first guy in the Dorito are two very dynamic, incredibly talented, experienced players. So for me as a coach, what I look out for is trying to limit uh, their, the damage that they can create on the field. And then after it comes to that, it's just about being smart moving down the field because you're running into guns like Kirill, Malloy, you know, and guys like that where you can't just, you know, shoot Marcelo on the break and think you're going to march down the field. I yeah. mean, you look at the Chicago game that we played in the finals, and, you know, that's a testament to, you know, the type of team they are, you know, the type of team that we're trying to be, you know, on a consistent basis. And, you know, those are the things that, you know, that you really worry about as a coach, you know, yeah. trying to, um, you know, see what their strengths are, you know, and, and right now it's, you know, the damage that their front guys do. Uh, the damage that their front guys do and you know watching the last event you know from the booth as well as you know um scouting games you know i was super happy to see marcelo getting shot on the break going out to that dorito side and seeing axel get shot on the break you know and it's like thank goodness against you guys just like (laughs) yeah marcelo yeah take the slow walk walk to the well we've been watching them all year there's a reason why he's the number one ranked player in the league you know he's been marching down the dorito side just destroying people yeah yeah. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i mean if you're watching uh aaron Rodgers, you know throw touchdown after touchdown after touchdown you know, and you got to play sure, Aaron Rodgers. Pretty sure your defensive game plan is going to be: we need to go get Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah you know exactly. I mean? it's, no, it's, absolutely, it's just like that. You know, yeah. and, and you play them in the prelims. Yeah, you guys are going to play each other absolutely. to see yeah. who goes to Sunday. You know, and in the a, prelims, it's a respect issue too. You know, mm-hmm. like we we know that they have smart, intelligent, uh, capable players. You know, and when you have a matchup like that, you know, you have to respect that. You have to plan for it. You know, and you got to set up and make sure Marcelo isn't running down my Dorito side. You know, on a consistent well, basis. Well, tell Sewers to handle his business over there. I told him. <laughs> I, said, I, said, I said, hey, Craig, Craig, you need to help us out here, man. And he's been doing he's the message. Had, no, Sewers has, had a, Sewers has had a great season so far, but but that's how it works in paintball, man. Like, let's not, let's let's put all the BS aside. Like, it's going to be, when you guys play, that you guys play them, it's going to be, all right, who has a better game? Is Sewers going to beat Marcel or is Marcel going to beat Sewers? You know, yeah. like that's straight up how it's going to go down. What do you want me to say? Marcel, we're going to try and shoot everybody but you. Okay? <laughs> yeah. You'll be fine. We're pals. Yeah, we're you know? cool. We're we cool, bro. We at you. You just do your thing. That'd be great. Well, we should do that. <laughs> we should do that. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so, yeah, thank you for giving us a little bit insight into your team. We've got two more teams coming at you here after these words from our uh, sponsors. Do not go anywhere. All right. We are back here on The Breakdown. Brought to you by PaintballAccess.com, Eddie Marshall, Todd Martinez, number one player in the world, Marcelo Margot from Moscow Red Legion. All right, boys, two more teams to break down here. Uh, we got Tampa Bay Damage, Sacramento Excessive coming into the league. First up, Tampa Bay Damage are defending World Cup title holders. Uh, Dynasty did win the overall championship in 2011, but it was Tampa Bay Damage that won the World Cup, and then they also won three events in a row, uh, including the very first event of the year as they took Galveston. But since then, a little bit of disappointment for them. So, Todd, what do you think about Damage? Well, Damage is one of those teams that, I mean, uh, you, you can never count them out. You know, they have been just trashing people in the uh, prelims. And on Sunday, I mean, they struggled the last event. Uh, when they had really high hopes. But, I mean, they're, they're still the same old damage. I mean, I wouldn't say, you know, they, just because they have one uh, bad event or two, you know, not so awesome events. I mean, they had a first, seventh, third, and a third 
Yeah. But I mean, I was, I was just going to say, and sorry to interrupt, but a bad event for them is a third place at MAO. No, you're so. exactly right. You know, and so or yeah. a seventh at Phoenix. Yes, that's bad, but yeah, that that that's a whole different story. <laughs> you know, the way that those events kind of fold into each other and yeah. winning, I think, played a you know played a role in that. But I mean, third place is definitely you know, uh, it's not first for them, and if it's not first for them, then it doesn't really matter. So yeah, I that, mean, that team was built to win tournaments. Absolutely, Absolutely. you know, and. You know, they've, they've got a great roster this year. They picked up Alex Goldman going into World Cup, you know, to give them, uh, you know, just another punch. But, I mean, they're the same old damage. You know, they're, they're really great communicators, which I think is their biggest strength. Um, they're really good at shooting on the break. They play a great team game. They understand what every other player on the field is trying to do. They have an excellent coach. They have a wild and crazy, you know, manager. You know, and Joey Blue. Joey Blue. You know, he gets the job done, though. He gets the job done. You know, he's, just, a, he's I mean, a no BS and, individual. And yeah, for sure. I mean, we'll think about it. Like, okay, Joey went after uh, Alex Goldman. There was four teams going after him for World Cup. Joey was the guy that ended up getting him. So say what you will about Joey, but he gets it done. Yeah, if they, if they were a video game, you know, they'd have almost full stats. On, on all their, you know, <laughs> yeah. on their players, you know, they're, yeah. they're a great team. You know, the number one ranked player on their team is Daniel Holiday, you know, who, uh, you know, talked to Joey. He's quite a killer. He'll man. say that he's just super underrated, you know, kind of like a, like an angel for Goza, mm-hmm. you know, the guy that they don't really talk about very much, but just as and a he makes killer. highlight reels. He made some of our highlight reels yeah. this year. Yeah. He's a bad dude, you yeah. know, and they got, they got, you know, guys like that up and down their roster, you know, Chad Bouchier, Jason Edwards, Jacob Edwards, um, you know, Timmy Probst. Well, is you know. Jacob Edwards going to be able to play World Cup? Because, you know, he severely sprained his ankle up at the uh, Canadian X-Ball Championships and had to get, like, carried off the field. And, uh, and I talked to him, actually, um, and he had said that he they, and his brother, and they said that they expect him to play for a World Cup. But it looked like the timeline was going to be relatively close. Now, I know they did pick up Alex Goldman, but... Uh, Edwards plays on the Dorito side. Goldman plays on the Snake side. And I know Malice is going to be like, oh, well, I can play on the Dorito side. And I'm not saying he can't, but his stock and trade is doing damage, no pun intended, on that Snake side of the field. Over the last two seasons, yes, but I've watched Alex Goldman do some serious damage on the Dorito side, too. I'm not saying he can't play over there, but again, you know, it's what have you done for me lately? And in 2011... You could you could make a strong argument that Alex Goldman was the best player in 2011, and he did that, Absolutely. destroying people for San Diego Dynasty on the snake side of the field. Yeah, Definitely. but if you look at Damage's roster, I mean they're so versatile and well balanced. I mean we saw uh, Tampa Bay Damage win World Cup last year on the strength of Daniel Holiday playing in the snake, and he yeah. was always their their number one Dorito guy. Well, and, and Jacob Edwards though. Yeah. I mean Jacob Edwards had some amazing. Uh, he had that one amazing play over on the uh, the Dorito side of the field. So that was. Yeah. You know, and now he might not play. I, I don't know. We don't know yet. I, they do think that he is going to be able to play for World Cup, so we're going to have to go with that. But you know how, how finicky ankles are? Ankles are real yeah, finicky. And then absolutely. even if it does, you know, get well enough that he can, like, walk around and play some points, is he going to be at 100%? Probably not. You know, so, yeah, they picked up Alex Goldman. Again, that's the snake side punch. And they've had, what, Keith Brown over there. And they've had uh, – and this – I think the jury's still out on this. What do you guys think about this? Because, you know, I, I think that if you were to ask – Justin Rabikoff, okay, well, you know, do you think you've played the best paintball you could have played or on the snake side this year? He'd probably be like, well, hell yeah, hell yeah I have. But uh, do you guys think he has? I, I don't know. I mean, I, he's such a talented player. We're expecting a lot out of him, but that's what you do. You have to expect, like Marcelo, I mean, I expect you to be a brilliant out there every single point that you play. If you're not, I'm going to ask you why you weren't. 
because that's what you expect out of All-Stars. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Absolutely. Uh, honestly, I think Jareb has still been playing great paintball all season. Yeah, and I'm not he, saying he, that he's playing bad. but No, but like you said, you got expect more, in the more tank? from him because he's, he's a phenomenal player. You know, like you said, last year, arguably one of the better players of the entire season, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he came from Russian Legion, the team that I'm playing with now. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think that a lot of it has to do with that, with the team that he's with, the coaching, and the type of mentality that you have. Um, I think he has maybe a little too much freedom on that team, you know, to, to trust in his own judgment instead of being told a job to do and then him just go out and execute it better than anybody. Mm-hmm. I think that may be his biggest problem this season so far. Yeah. I don't know, Todd, what do you think? Well, I mean, it, it, that's a tough situation, you know, because when you have, you know, great talent, you know, you don't want to limit, you know, what they can and can't do on the field, you know. And you look at a guy like Justin Rabikoff who's coming off, you know, several seasons in a row where he's just been dominant force on that snake side, you know, and, you, and he started off the year on the Dorito side. They were probably like, well, you know, let's give him a shot over here, you know, or maybe he went and said, hey, let me get a shot over here and let me do some damage. But, I mean, yeah, you know, it, it comes to a point where, okay, I could put my superstar out there and be like, go do your thing, you know, but, you know, talent wins games, you know, teamwork wins championships, you know, and damage uh, for them to win, they won on the strength of how their team performed as a unit. So if it takes saying, hey, Justin Rabikoff, we're going to send you first guy to the snake, dive in there head first and get down as far as you can every game because that's going to win for the team, then that's what they need to do, you know, and maybe that's what they need to get back to. But, I mean, it's hard to tell because they played so well in the prelims Mm -hmm. and just came up short in two really close matches in both Chicago and MAO. All right, well, just real quick before we move on to our last team, Sacramento Excessive, uh, coming into the league for the first event or their first event of the season for the last event, World Cup. So, but uh, what do you think the strengths and the weaknesses, Marcelo? Strengths and weaknesses, Tampa Bay Damage. Their strengths are, are they, they have multiple strengths, so many. It's, it's hard to point one. But uh, shooting off the break, teamwork, and being aggressive. I think being aggressive is their biggest thing. In Galveston, they did a great job of freely running down the snake side, mm-hmm. literally Dan Holiday, he was on your side of the field shooting people in the back within the first minute of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a huge thing. I think throughout the season they've kind of gotten a little more comfortable and kind of were at that point. They'd won three tournaments in a row. They definitely were the best team at that time. Um, and I think they got comfortable in the sense of we don't necessarily have to attack as much. We could just kind of shoot people out of the spots because we're, we're that good and we can. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's been their biggest fault. They kind of have slowed down their pace a little bit. And... Um, they're, they're a great slow-playing team if they do slow it down, but I do think that that is what helped them win Galveston mm-hmm. is their aggressiveness. Um, so as for, as for their strengths, I think the biggest thing would go out to World Cup and be aggressive and continue doing what has helped the guys win. Now, Todd, let's talk about their, before we move on, let's talk about their, uh, uh, their bracket here in the prelims. They got 187, they got Ironman, they got Thunder, they got Excessive. I think that's a really good bracket for them to assure that they move on to Sunday. Uh, I'm not going to take anything away from any of those teams, but damage would have to be favored in every single one of those games. Yeah, damage is definitely favored in every single one of those games. And, you know, they've earned that bracket, you know, by being a top-tier team um, all of last year as well as, um, you know, through this year and staying in that upper echelon of teams. And, you know, that's what you get when you're in that top four um, of, of the brackets uh, in the league. You know, you get to play the lower division teams, and, you know, that's why they have the, the matchups that they do. And, you know, they, are, they, they will be favored against 187, Ironman, Thunder, and Excessive. You know, 187, uh, you know, they should have no problem beating those guys. 
Um, we're going to see what Ironman team shows up and how they play. And um, Thunder, you know, Thunder plays the same game, I think, that Damage does, mm -hmm. except Damage is a lot better at it. And then Excessive, you know, we haven't seen them at all yet this year. So it's going to be interesting to see what we get from Excessive, and it's kind of hard to say, you know, how that might go down until we get there. But, I mean... Well, let's move into that. The last team for the show is Sacramento Excessive. You know, uh, team has been around for a long time, been around since 2004. They've had some success. They've won some tournaments. They've had some amazing players on that team. I, I was around for the very beginning of that team. I know the mentality of the guys that run that team. Very good friends with Rich Telford. Uh, I know how the, they've structured that squad, and they've brought some talent onto that squad. And I think that um, it's just the, the issue is, is that they haven't played this format. They haven't played, you know, the PSP, the PSP is the big leagues, man. Everybody knows it, and they're now coming into the big leagues to swim with the Sharks. They're going to play Thunder. They're going to play Vicious. They're going to play Infamous. They're going to play Damage. Like, that's a bloodbath division, man. I mean, that's, it's not going to be an easy road for them to make it on to Sunday. Honestly, you know, we've been talking about the brackets for all these teams. I want to say Excessive probably has the toughest bracket out of any of the, the teams that we've talked about so far. Yeah, I mean, they are going to have a grinder game with every single team in their division. Yeah, basically it's, I mean, with, you, with playing Infamous and playing Damage, those are two of the best teams in the entire league. They're going to have a tough time with that. I mean, I don't care who you are. I don't care what team, Russians, it doesn't matter. Those, those two teams are obviously tough games. Those are toss-ups. Um, so they're going to have to beat Thunder. They're going to have to beat Vicious, and both Vicious and Thunder are really hungry, obviously coming into cup course. You know, yeah, it's World Cup. Everybody's hungry, but Thunder's underperformed this year. Um, they have a bunch of young guys on that team that don't want to head into the offseason being like, oh, man, wow, we got you know, skunked um, at World Cup. That's not going to happen in Vicious. You know, they did great at last year's World Cup. They knocked the Ironman out of the World Cup. So I, I, and they got a better team this year, I think, than they did it last year. So it's not going to be easy for Rich Telford and the crew from Excessive to come into World Cup and, and you know, progress forward, man. I don't know. It's, I'm not taking anything away from them. I know they have great talent on that team. They've, all, they've been successful this year a little bit, but I, it's, I, and I know they're going to train. So it's not going to be for a lack of training. It's not going to be a lot for a lack of effort. Uh, but that's honestly excessive is one of those teams that I can't wait to watch play. You know, I, I really think that just because I've been on that team before and I know what sort of work ethic they have and I know how hard they play the game. So those are, those are some games, especially with the bracket that they have, man. I'm really looking forward to those matchups. Absolutely, Matty. And like you say, their work ethic is phenomenal. Um, every time this season that I've had a chance to practice against them, all their kids are there at the field by 7.30, ready to play by 8 o'clock. You know, or Rich Telford's going to beat them up. Or Rich Telford's going to beat them up. You know? <laughs> or uh, um, tase them. <laughs> or tase them. <laughs> or an actual uh, taser, Ryan Martin. Sorry, watch the video. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, seriously, you know, their work ethic is phenomenal. They have a bunch of talent. Both the Bornstein brothers are great players. Mm -hmm. Riley Sullivan, he's yeah. a veteran. He's been around for a long time. Rich, um, Jr., they've both been around the game for tons, ton, many years, you know, mm -hmm. they have tons of knowledge to bring to these Same kids. Way, and like Absolutely. you said, like Riley also, I mean, Riley played with Bob Long's team way back in the day. Mm -hmm. He's been around for like almost a decade Forever. now. These I've seen, the, you know, the Bornsteins and then, um, you know, Corey, he played on uh, the NCPA team, the Long Beach team that ended up winning the event. Yeah. He stunned it in there too, you know, so it's, and they got talent on that team. And then uh, Jerry D'Amato. Yeah. Jerry D'Amato, he's a great snake player. He's really um, come up. Unfortunately, he's been battling some shoulder injuries this season. Yeah. I, I think he, he's, he's okay now and he's been Working out a lot, working out a ton. Um, well, we can't talk about excessive without talking about Thomas Taylor. 
Yeah, exactly. We if his knee's healthy, yeah, if his knee's and, healthy. And, and so far from what I know, I saw him at practice actually last weekend. He was running all over the place playing great. So, I mean, I think they're coming into this with confidence, you know, as deserved. You know, these yeah. guys are veterans. There's a lot of veterans on the team. There's some young talent. They have a good mix of, of old and young and experience and, and aggressiveness that is exactly what it takes to win one of these events. Yeah. So I, I, look, I, I see them winning a few of these games. Um, the biggest hurdle for them is going to be making the transition to the PSP, to that format, to the referees, to, to absolutely everything that this league brings because it's such a different level. That's definitely something that I've felt is going to be a huge factor for excessive and impact. You, know? and, mm -hmm. um, you weren't here with us yesterday, but we talked a little bit you know, with, uh, with Mike Hinman and um, uh, Ryan Greenspan about this. How much of a factor do you think uh, will it be that excessive and impact haven't played in the league all year and they're coming into World Cup against teams who have been grinding it out all season long? I honestly think it's, it's going to be a big deal. It's going to absolutely, uh, maybe impact might catch on a little quicker because let's not forget, they've been in the league many years. I think this was the first year that they, they, didn't, play. they, they didn't play the PSP. So it's not going to be something completely new for them. Excessive, they were also in the league many years. Um, and a lot of their players have been in the PSP. They have played in the PSP. Uh, Thomas Taylor played all year and it was in divisional paintball. Um, so it's not like they're completely new to it, but coming together as a team, that's going to be their test, is yeah. if they can come together as a team, first thing Friday, Thursday morning, you know, whatever it is when the first game is, and come together and, and be able to play that pace, that style, where, you know, it's, it's a smaller field, it's, it's everything. It's the PSP. It's a completely different thing. So yeah. I, I think it's just going to be about getting back into that absolutely, groove. Absolutely. You know, but with those guys, you know, it's not about the players. It's about them as a team. Yeah, absolutely. And because those players are so experienced, mm -hmm. you know, it may, it may take one point. It may take three points. But I think it will be a play a factor. But I, I definitely feel that, you know, they should be able to get back into that groove right away. But it's not going to be the first point of the first game. Absolutely not. Yeah, but, well, I mean, it, it's going to have to be. Yeah, hey, they're going to have to pull the ripcord on it eventually, man. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's going to be right into the deep end with these teams. Uh, and we don't know exactly who they're going to play yet. Um, we haven't seen that part of the schedule. You know, if it's going to be infamous or damaged. If I was excessive, I'd really hope it's going to be Thunder or Vicious. But Thunder and Vicious, man, especially Vicious, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a tough road for excessive. But like we talked about, I mean, they have the talent to do it. So, Regardless, man, World Cup, it's going to be insane. Do not miss it. we got the webcast coming at you. Uh, it's going to be uh, October 25th through the 28th. It's brought to you live and free by paintballaccess.com. And uh, I'd like to thank you guys for sitting in here here in the studio. And uh, Thank you, guys. No, no problem, man. Marcelo, best of luck out there. Absolutely. It's also going to be a crazy battle to see who's going to have the number one ranking. I mean, you've held it for most of the year. There's a couple people nipping at your heels. Just real quick before we sign off. Your thoughts on, uh, on trying to retain that number one ranking? As long as we win, I really don't care where I fall, Maddie. Uh, that's, all, that's all that matters. I want to win World Cup. So whatever it takes for, for me to do that on the field, stat-wise, it doesn't matter. As long as I'm contributing to the team in a positive way, that's absolutely all that matters. Well, again, best of luck, Todd. You as well. And uh, that's going to be it here for the breakdown. of Maddie Marshall with Todd Martinez, Marcel Margot from Moscow Red Legion. Again, make sure you check out the PSB 2012 World Cup webcast coming at you October 25th to the 28th. Make sure to like us on Facebook, Instagram. Again, we'll see you guys next time. The Ultimate Paintball Competition and Trade Show is almost upon us, so get ready for the biggest, best, and most exciting tournament of the paintball season, the 2012 PSB World Cup at the Fantasy of Flight outside Orlando, Florida, October 24th to the 28th. 
where 300 teams from the far reaches of the globe will be competing in 12 different levels of competition from Pro to Division 5, all fighting for the coveted World Cup title. Teams have had all year long to get ready for the pinnacle of paintball, and the action will be fast and fierce. The industry's best and the brightest companies will also be there, displaying all the fresh 2013 gear and products at the one and only World Cup trade show. Interactive booths, pro signings, and new products will be everywhere. With the new PSP Affiliates initiative, all the teams who have grinded their way up the world rankings will be able to face each other in the flesh to decide who will reign at the top for 2012. After an eight-year hiatus, the PSP is bringing back the legendary 10-man division. The best pump players will also be able to display their skills in the highly competitive pump division, and Woods Ball makes its comeback as well, as the Ultimate Woods Ball League will be bringing its unique format to the World Cup for the first time. All the World Cup action will be broadcast live and free on paintballaccess.com. A paintball player's life is not complete without a trip to the World Cup, as it has literally everything that you could hope for at a paintball tournament. So sign your team up now and get into the fight. It's an unforgettable experience you do not want to miss.